Hey guys, real quick before we get started, if you follow me on social media, you know that our flagship course, Cairo Biz 101, the price is going up in 2023. So today, at the time of this recording, December 28th, you have one, two, three, four days, four days. And what we're doing is something pretty cool. Um, Some of you guys have reached out. Obviously, you don't want to pay more money in 2023, but you're not ready today to start Cairo Biz 101. And so what we're doing is if you give me a deposit before the end of 2022, you can basically take the course anytime in 2023 for the price of 2022. So all you have to do is reach out to me, coaching at strivetomove.com or Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz. We can lock you in for the price of 2022 and you can take it at any time during 2023. And just for a little more context, Cairo Biz 101 is our flagship course. It's the playbook of everything we've used to build our practices. And anybody you've heard on this podcast that um, is in our program, Angie, Jake, Jeremy, Matt Clay, uh, anybody like that, they have started with Cairo Biz 101. So that is our main course. That is where all the information is. That's everything that we've used, marketing, sales, KPIs, finance, sales and communication, uh, niche development. Everything that we've done is in that course. So if you'd like to lock in that lowest price that'll ever be offered again, uh, get on it because you got four days before the new year. So today's episode is part two of my interview with Pratt Personal Training with the guys with James and John over there. As I said before, I'm a client of theirs. James has been a guest on our program. They've built a gym from you know years ago. James started as a one-on-one personal trainer and now they're pushing, I think, two million dollars in revenue uh, pretty soon. So they're a remarkable business. Now, the thing here and why I wanted to share this is because you'll hear me in a little bit of a different context. And so when you hear me on my podcast, normally I'm speaking to you. You guys as Rehab Kairos are my audience and I speak in a certain way. Um, With that podcast, that podcast is for their audience who is more like our perfect patient at Strive to Move would be like your perfect patient in your practice. And so I wanted you to hear this because I think it'll give you a little bit more context and nuance into how, based on the audience, how my messaging might change. And so we released part one a few weeks ago, and this will be part two. I hope you all enjoy and have a safe and happy holidays. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the business school for the rehab chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. Cool. So I'm glad you touched on a little bit of your training here because uh, one of my questions, and I think James has a similar one, is like uh, just speaking to your experience with us. Like I know you've said before, you know what to do clearly. You're smart enough to know how to train yourself and put a program together. So why is it that you just continue to train with us and let us handle that? Um, I, I find that my level of maturity comes to the point in my life where I get out of my own way. And so I have access to, at the time when I joined here, I, I was literally had an office in a different gym. And I was training and I was doing my thing. And one day I realized that the mental, am I allowed to, like how much cursing is allowed in here? Uh, do, do what you want. I can, I'm, I'm he's writing it down in case. He's, he's got like a rubber duck. Got it. The mental, the, the mental <laughs> fuckery that would go through my head <laughs> to have to motivate myself to work out, to have to write my own program and have to sustain it, to keep my phone away so I wouldn't take a business call during the workout. Um, 
was significantly more painful than just outsourcing it to you guys. And so that for me um, was the moment that I, it was one of the things, and now I actually do consulting with people and that's what I teach them. It's like, we all kind of know what we need and what we do, but we often get in our own way. And it isn't just always the thing, right? It's not, well, I'm not going to pay to come here because I know how to work out. It's like, yeah, but you're not motivated. You're, you don't really want or have the know-how to push yourself in the right way. And it's like any of us in any aspect of our life typically get in trouble when we think I can just do it myself. By the way, this guy to my left, how many years did he do that? Right. In his business, I can just do it myself. And then in the last two years, hiring, consulting, things like that. He's like, finally, he was like, no, I think I should. And look how big the business is now because he has people around him. And I remember having conversations, it's the same thing, right? I remember conversations with him. It's like, I don't know that anyone could like do the program like I could. Well, guess what? They can, right? And so it happens in all of our lives in every aspect. And so exercise and training is just another one of them where, you know, it's, it isn't just doing the thing. It's all the other aspects around it, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think we, uh, we even touched on that on an episode recently about like the, the growth of the business related to exactly what you're talking about, Justin, like just outsourcing some things, getting other people on board, getting other people trained up to do like what you said, the programs and like just coming up with the system. Just last podcast, we were talking about like, all right, James had this thing in his head and he knew how to do it, but like he had to get that system out of his head and put it on paper so that other people could then do it. And now Colin and Sydney are crushing it primarily. I mean, everybody has had their hands in program writing at some point, but um, it's just been extremely beneficial for the business to your point. And I think the other aspect to not overlook, because again, we just get caught in, I can do the workouts and I can do this. Um, you know, when my now wife moved from North Jersey to live with me in whatever year that was, 20, I don't know, 15, 16, um, the first thing she did that with her thing we did when she moved in was join here. That was the first thing we did because she was someone who I knew liked to exercise and I knew she knew nobody here. And so for me, it was like double whammy, get her involved with a community, get her to people that I knew would take care of her, get her to meet some friendly faces. And so that was like my hedge on making sure she wasn't like, I'm out. Right. And she's done amazing and she loves it here. I was hoping um, she would socialize. We could delegate. Some yeah. Time and to, delegate. Yeah, and, wow. and, <laughs> you know, so and so I had all these great things, the, uh, uh, you know, ideas of grandeur. And the first day that I, that she came in for a consult, she came, she came home and uh, I find out that James what Pratt happened? put her on the prowler and made her vomit. And oh, I thought he hit on her. <laughs> that would have been, that probably would have been better. Yeah. That probably would have been better. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this, Dell goes outside, pukes, comes back, come back in, comes back in with a smile on her face. Yeah. Did she pretend like out. she didn't? No, no, no. no. She was, she was, I'm I like, remember some people. I'm like, you are a lifer. You go outside and puke and you come back in with a smile on your face? That's a say, fact. What else are we doing? That's a fact. Not only that, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the couch. She came and she opened the door and she's like, she's like, get your face. And she's like, oh my God. I was like, what the hell happened? She's like, I puke. She's like, I was like, what? And she's like, no, no, no. I feel great. I'm like, what, what is going on here? Like, yeah, it did, it did come out of nowhere. There, we do have three warning signs for people when we feel like we need to pull it back on the assessment. And she didn't have any of them. She just pushed the sled, turned around. I was like, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to go outside. Go outside, puke, come in, smile. Perfect. All right. See you tomorrow. Yeah. I've had those out of nowhere, too. It's really, it freaks me out a little bit, too. It's like, I, I just have to go to the bathroom real quick. They're so calm. And then they're, like, they're in the bathroom yeah. for, like, a little too long for a quick bathroom break. And they come out, and they're, like, kind of, like, patting their face. And I'm like, you okay? And I'm like, they're like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. So, whatever. And they're pretending like they didn't just go throw up. And I'm like, how do, 
But my question, which I don't want to embarrass him, like, how did you just come out of there and how are you working out again yeah. already? Because when I got to that point, I can't work out. Yeah, it's ugly. To her credit, like, only Dell, I think, is one of those people. Like, if Dr. J came in and puked after the Prowler, he'd never come back. No, I'd come so? back. No, I'd come back. <laughs> I actually, this is, this is you're going to think this is a joke. It's not a joke. When I was a freshman in high school, I was doing the, the football workouts with, like, the varsity team. And the first day of workouts, I puked. And at the award dinner that year, they gave me a plaque with a piece of uh, with a piece of like fake vomit from Halloween, and I got the Yak Award. Dude, dude, that, dude, that is how you win. In my my junior year of high school, fighting for a starting position in our spring game, our center and tackle were both injured, so I had zero plays off. I threw up four times, Oof. and I kept playing the whole time. And the coach said he came after me. He's like, "You're a starter." Wow. And then and like afterwards, I'm like. I wonder if I played well. <laughs> like, did I actually deserve that spot or did I just fight through throwing up four times? Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of our athletes that come in that happen to listen to this podcast. Are, yeah. They're like, I know how to win uh, athlete of the month next week. I got this. <laughs> uh, all right, James, I know you had a few questions. Let's kick it over to some of yours. Yeah. The, the qu- first question, in regards to the assessment, I would say above 50% of our members that come in admit to having some sort of pain. Yeah. What would you say on a one through 10 scale is the degree of pain that they're in before they come see you? Like, do they need to be an eight, nine, 10, or do you get some three, fours, fives? Most of our patients are three, four, fives. Interesting. Mm, right. I wouldn't have guessed that. Because most of the patients, we're, we don't see almost without, we literally call, we have a separate category, like in our like business, what we call them emergency evals. Of, and basically what I say is it's someone that probably found us online that, they were either going to go a little dramatic, but go to the emergency room or come to see us. And they get to see us and we'll help them and we can, but typically they're not like the people that we help the most. That's 10%. Uh, literally to the point as a business, like my team always asked me, what do we do with these type of patients? Because And I said, we're not going to not worry about it. We know we can help them. But we're not going to like plan around it because it's not really what we do. Um most people that we see, it's just something that's been around a long time. It comes and it goes. They've tried other things. Um, there's usually something more to it than just the pain, right? And so when we go through an assessment with them, it's like, you know, your back is a three, four out of 10. It looks like you can do most of the things you want to do. Um, what's going on? And we actually had a guy the other day. The guy was awesome. He found us online. Lovely, lovely husband and wife. They both came in. And um, the guy's just, he's an active guy. He likes to ride his bike. But he had a back injury a couple like months, weeks ago. He didn't want to just go and get cracked. To, he's done that before. But the thing for him is like on both sides of our family we have heart disease. So my wife and I, we walk every night for an hour. I ride my bike. And essentially he's like the, the last few times I got on my bike, it was just painful. And it wasn't that he couldn't get through it. It was more so like anxiety of like, what does this look like if it doesn't get better or, yeah. or it gets worse. And so for most of our patients that come in, it's usually like beyond just like my back hurts now. And, and I'm the same way. Like you guys know this, I, having back surgery um, and being someone who's generally pretty physical in my life. Uh, there's a lot of things that I'm nervous about potentially don't even do up there. Not because I'm going to be hurt that day because it's like, what if? What if it really goes wrong and I really screw myself up? And so for the most part, the people that come to see us, it isn't that acute type injury. It isn't an eight, nine out of 10. Um, a lot of, t- and I, we kind of joke with people, but not really. It's like, there are a lot cheaper and faster ways to get from an eight out of 10 to a two out of 10 pain. You can take Advil, you can get an injection, you know, you can do a lot of other things. But 
for that person that has tried it and has done the Advil and has done the injection and has done the basic PT and does all that, but still, but still has a problem and is concerned or fearful of what might happen next, or they might not be able to be a grandkid or they might have a grandfather, whatever, right? You know, those are the things, you know, for us, like you guys do, establishing the relationships with patients, why we spend so much time with them, understand, right? And so, you know, again, just another example, we have a guy, he's been a long-term client of ours. He came to us because he was wanting to get like golfer, you know, back pain and golfing. But when we got to know him, what we realized is that he has a an adult special needs daughter. And the thing for him is that if he can't be like help her and like ambulate her, lift her up, get her in and out of her wheelchair, who's going to take care of her? Mm. And so that's the thing for him. And for us, we try to like get to that level with people because we want to really understand like what's going on. Because on the surface, you'd come in and say, you would expect what you guys say. Yeah, eight yeah. out of 10, mm-hmm. I'm going to see you. But it's like, no. Right in your world, when you came to see us, John, your knee was hurting you, but like you were fine. Like if you walked down the street, no one'd be like, "Oh man, that guy's knee's a mess." It's just you couldn't do the things you wanted to do. Three little kids, you were in an active job. You need to be able to demonstrate. You had other physical things you wanted to do. So that day, it wasn't like we're gonna walk down the street and say, "John, you're a ten out of ten pain." It was like, "No, I'm probably three out of 10, But the thought of what's gonna happen mm-hmm. if I don't is worse than anything. And that's that's for most people when they they take action on something. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense now. So that's why that guy uh, who wants to be a grandfather is coming in at three, four, five out of 10, because he's not going to wait till a nine or a 10 out of 10, because he knows the potential ramifications of waiting that long. And he probably on a mental level, he is probably a nine out of 10 at that point. Mm. Right. Because the, again, it's like an anxiety, the okay. fear of, yeah, wow. the fear of it is worse than the, the physical side. Nice. Always, always, always. Yeah. And I like, we'll get that a lot. And then we'll also have members that come in for their assessment and they'll talk about how they've tried physical therapy or they tried something and they went two or three times and it quote unquote did not work. And my only response at this point was like, maybe that was a little bit too soon to judge the four week thing I love, but how is it that you go about making your patients more patient? Expectation management always, (laughs) right? Expectation management. What are some of the things you say? And do they, do they believe you or are they skeptical? Do they say, oh, you just want me around for a month? Um, the the patients, if, if they are skeptical or have those feelings, then they usually don't work with us, right, type of thing. Because, you know, again, it's just being very honest. If you're just looking to get out of pain, we can do, there's probably an easier option, right? If, that, if that's what you want. And so um, we make it very clear. And again, like I said, I do, I do coaching on this all the time with other chiropractors trying to understand the exact question you're asking from our perspective. And because the thing they always ask me is they'll say, you know, I have a client that comes in, they have the knee pain and I know that I'm going to get them out of pain in three or four visits. But then from a medical standpoint, I know then I can actually get started on the thing that I need to do is to get them strong, get them mobile and make sure it stays away. But how do I sort of communicate that to them? So for us, we communicate everything we do and we call it, it's like a three-step process, right? Step one of that, those three steps is get you out of pain. That's the first step. And so I don't even like Dr. Ashton, shout out to him because he does this all the time. I don't even, we have names for the three steps, but I'll tell you essentially how we see it, right? Step one for us is to get you out of pain. So that's step one. Step two is then we're going to go in and like, do the mobiliz- do the stretching, do the mobilization. We're going to try to activate all the little muscles around it on like a micro level. So we might do the dead bugs. We might do like hip lifts. We might do glute bridges. That's like step two. 
a lot of times in like a physical, a normal physical therapy environment, that's sort of where it ends. Yep. And so that's the point where they are out of pain and they do some of the basic exercises. And then if, and, and most PT, then they're back to like the normal world. For us, like that phase three, I think for our patients that like really like what we do, that's where they get the most value because phase three is like we integrate. We call it, integ- I think it's called integration, literally of like, okay, Mrs. Smith, you're going to go back to Pratt and they want you doing step-ups. We're going to do step-ups here. You want a deadlift? We're going to do that here because we're going to take all the things that we've learned. We're going to take our dead bugs. We're going to take our glute bridges. We're going to take our core activation. We're going to take all the techniques we taught you in in phase two and now reintegrate them back into life, whether that's a deadlift, whether that's picking up your baby, whether that's your golf swing. We're going to do that phase of it. And so if you go to a physical therapist or a chiro or whatever and you want to play golf and they tell you you're good before they watch you swing a golf club mm. or even put you in the position, you're not good. You know, it's big. We're, we, you're not good. We, we work with a lot of CrossFit athletes too. And so many of them go to other chiros and PTs and they'll have a shoulder problem. And how is, how was it? It was great. And it's like, well, when do you have shoulder pain? Well, when I do a pull-up, well, have they ever, did they ever get you on a pull-up bar? No. Yeah, it might well, be important if you want to keep doing CrossFit to be able to do pull-ups. Anything, right? Yeah. Any, even yeah. even up here, right? If someone comes to see us and they're having trouble in Pratt, in Pratt personal training, got the name right. <laughs> with, I'm still messing that up, by the with way. With doing a pull-up, you know, I see it all the time, obviously, because I'm looking for it. But there are people I see in the gym, it's like, if they came to me with shoulder pain and I saw how they were doing a pull-up, the first thing, the second thing, the third thing that I would make sure that they're aware of is we can get you out of shoulder pain. But if we don't fix the way you're doing the pull-up, it's just going to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think for our type of client, again, we're not perfect for everyone. But the thing that we specialize in is because of our background, because of the training that we do and we have done, um, we understand exercise and fitness, I think better than any other medical providers in the area. And so if I look at a programmer, we're speaking and talking shop in terms of like the training side of it, it, that's the game that we speak. And not every medical provider is like that. Almost none are as a general rule. Yeah. And interestingly, I think with some of our members that have been physical therapy patients before, we essentially try to be that integrative piece of let's start super slow. I understand you were safety squatting 160 pounds three months ago, but we're not starting there. And just because you're out of physical therapy doesn't mean that we go right back to it. But when we get patients from you guys, we kind of understand, and it's a luxury that we're able to communicate at the level that we do, that there's almost a simultaneous integrative piece for both of us, where like we know you guys are starting to integrate fitness into what they're doing at the right tempos, at the right intensities, and progressing them appropriately. And you've already had that conversation with them about the expectations associated with that's done. Now we need to integrate because if we go from physical therapy to all-out fitness, you're coming right back. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the nuance, too, from a training perspective um, can be really valuable, especially as someone gets back into it, right? Because, you know, if someone had a, a knee injury or something and they're getting back into the gym, you know, how can you sort of, I call it like a push and a pull. So how can you still like train really hard if they want to, but not set them back? And so uh, the knees, let's, let's take a back injury, so to speak. And, and they get back into the gym and you're working with them, but they still want to make sure they get a cardio component. Well, we, if we understand the fitness side enough to say, Hey, like if you're going to go like all out and you want to vomit, go on the assault bike, right? Back is stable. 
You're not going to have back injury doing that. And so, like, we can do, we can go slow with your lower body. We can go slow with your upper body. We can get some core work in. But if you want to get a training effect, like, hey, James, hey, John, hey, Colin, like, you know, maybe give them some intervals on the assault bike if they want to, you know, do that, right? And so, that piece of it becomes very, very important. I remember hearing that as a student, actually. It's it's like, you know, it's, it's very easy to sort of make someone tired, but it's also very easy to injure someone, mm. you know. Yep, so true. How big of a role do you think it is that you guys do the one-on-one for your practice? Yeah, I'm glad it came back because I was going to, well, I want to touch on that about five minutes ago. You said something reminded me. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing of anybody, I think, that's seen you guys that has come back. They're like, it was so great just to have like one-on-one supervision. I felt so secure. Somebody's watching me the whole time. And that is a much different experience than what a lot of people experience in general physical therapy. Yeah. It's funny. So Dell, my wife, before she became an occupational therapist, she was a PT assistant at like a big hospital-based physical therapy uh, group. And I remember asking her one time, I was like, you know, I don't understand. I feel like we do one-on-one and we do a really good job, uh, but we can't fix everybody. But like, we do pretty well. We can't fix everybody. And so how do you guys stay in business? Because I know the model you guys have, there's like people running all over the place. And like, she's like, well, for the most part, you know, we get a lot of people that realistically, all we do with them is get them up and moving for an hour. And that makes them feel better just Mm. from moving. And so if we ran that style of practice and had people, we all know them that are just sedentary, haven't done anything. And you get them up and like stretch their hip flexor for like 20 minutes. They're going to feel better because I haven't ever done anything. For us, we almost think of ourselves, we have to level up because our client typically have leveled up. Like they're coming from someone like you who trains three, four days a week and has high level programming. And so it would be very challenging for us to put them in an environment where we spend 15 minutes and then shuffle them along to an assistant. Now, not to say the assistant's bad or anything like that, but we, our clients have super high expectations of themselves and their body. And so we just find, we have found that it allows us to get them better outcomes and better results. You know, more than that, more than even the one-on-one, before we take on a client, um, we, we've already, before we, anyone's ever paid us any money, we've spent almost usually two hours with them, right? Think about going to the doctor. You go to a room, orthopedist, you walk in, and we were talking about this the other day. They walk in, they pull your chart off the wall. They look at the chart. Hi, who is it? John, nice to meet you. Uh, so knee pain, the six, seven minutes, if you're lucky. Uh, I remember one time when I was in Cairo school, we used to treat the St. John's uh, tennis team and the trainer came one time and he said, I timed them once and it was 96 seconds that the doctor wow. was in the room with them. Wow. And so we're spending two hours with you before you're ever going to make a decision to work with us or not. And it doesn't mean that we're going to fix everyone, but the idea is by the time we say, hey, we think we can help you, we have a very good idea that we can. Mm. And so we are going to watch you move. We are going to get to that level of understanding what you really want to do. We are going to try to get to that root cause of the problem. And fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you ask, that does take time. That does take time. You know, not only that, not only is it one person, but it's actually a team of people because we have someone on that does, like we have someone on the front end that takes the call. We have someone on the front desk. We have 
two doctors, three clinicians in our whole like system of practices. And we do like grand rounds where we review cases and we review like what, what someone told us, what their goals are. And so we're really trying to understand and, and, and get to the patients, not only from a physical standpoint, but know what their history is, know what their goals are, uh, and really make sure that we can create that relationship so that we can get them the true out, the true outcome that they want, which most of the time gets beyond just the pain that they're having. Yeah, that's big. <clears throat> I mean, that's one of the reasons that I saw you too, because you're able to take a whole hour out of your day for free and come just talk to me, assess me, talk about my goals, look at my body, like all these things that I, you know, was hesitant in. And I know not every doctor's office is like this, but I know I've been there where like, okay, you got an appointment and then it's like, you're late, then you're waiting around the waiting room. Then like you said, like 96 seconds later, it was like, well, what, I don't even know what happened today. And yeah. by the way, I had to pay a copay for this. Like, so yeah. I, I feel like there was a, an immediate loss, you know, and not everybody again. But sometimes in some scenarios when I've gone to that type of environment, I've just kind of felt like, all right, well, that first whole thing was, to me, didn't mean much. Right. Um, whereas you guys were totally different on that. Right. Now it's now it's actually like you do two hours, you said, which is huge. Yeah, we do. You know, we'll do like, when someone comes into us, similar to your guys' assessment, it looks very, very similar. But when, when someone steps in our office, I, it's hard for me to look someone in the eye and say, I can help you or I can't help you before I have got my hands on you and seen you move. It's just a, it's, it's a, it's a guess at that point. And, you know, people joke and they're not going to be happy with this joke, but it's called practice for a reason. You're in medical practice. It's practice. Like we are always fixed trying to like figure it out. We don't know the answers all the time. And so knowing that that's the case, who's got a better shot of actually figuring it out? 96 seconds or two hours? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you. Thank you.